Hello and welcome to A Mighty Practice, a podcast about how to identify and overcome your creative roadblocks. I'm your host, artist and coach, Christine Garvey. In each episode, I'll share challenges I've encountered in my own creative practice over the last 15 years and techniques I've developed to work through them. If you're feeling blocked, frustrated, or overwhelmed in your creative work and you don't know where to go, you are not alone, my friends, and you're in the right place. artists I'm back it's me I'm back for real this time happy blazing hot summer how are you um how hot is it where you are are you in Texas guess how hot it was in Texas the other day 107 degrees 107 degrees I wasn't even like the hottest point of the day I got in my car and my car when I turned it on said it was 120 degrees in the car I was like this is insane this is absolutely ridiculous. It's too hot. Don't come down here. Wherever you are, stay away. Stay in that cool world that you're in. Or go to Canada. It sounds great up there. I uh, hope you're doing well. Welcome to all of our new workshop members. What fun. So glad to have you there. So glad to see you on our school coaching call in July on Sunday the 24th. We're going to talk about getting started again. We're going to talk about our rituals for getting started. And you know what we're going to talk about in August? I just thought about this because we're going to talk about the play stage. We're going to talk about rage. Play and rage. Quote me on it now. So if you are feeling super ragey these days, uh, me too, let's talk about how we channel that rage into making our work. We're going to talk about that in August. I can't wait. Okay, so that's what's going on at the school. I'm a little bit uh, getting back into the groove in the studio. I haven't, uh, I just got back. I went to Italy with my drawing class. My, I uh, had a lot of um, AMP school members there with me. We drew, we drank some wine, we hung out in Tus- Tuscany. It was also way too hot in Tuscany. God bless Italians, they don't um, use air conditioning. I don't know how. I admit it's I don't know how they do it but uh there's no air conditioning there so we were hot but we had a great time nonetheless we ate a lot of gelato drank a lot of wine hung out on a farm with some of my buds that run a farm there and we drew a lot and we learned a lot and uh it was great if you ever want to come with us we're gonna do our next trip uh soon you can go to amightypractice.com slash Tuscany drawing retreat and you can hear all about it um awesome trip But I'm back. I'm getting back in the groove. And it is late summer. So that means that this fall, we have our coaching program, our next coaching program cohort. We are signing people up for that right now. So if you haven't gotten on the wait list for that program yet, if you've been listening to the pod, and maybe you heard about the workshop membership, and you're like, you know what, I sounds great. But I'm really waiting for the big kahuna. I'm waiting for the fall program, the fall coaching program. Uh, guess what? Waitlist is open. Get on over. Mindypractice.com slash coaching. Get on the waitlist and you're going to get the early bird rate, which let me tell you is a really uh, good deal. So you're going to want to get on that waitlist. Do it now. Mindypractice.com slash coaching. And then we're, we're starting in September. And um, this cohort, I already know some of the folks that are going to do it. Super cool, diverse group. I can't wait. It's going to be awesome. So I really hope we we see you there. If you get on that list, you'll hear more about it. Um, okay. So today, what are we talking about? We're going to talk about self 
sabotage, self-sabotage in your creative practice. Um, this is, a, I, I think, such an interesting topic because uh, self-sabotage for creatives really common. And it looks very different for each person. So we often do not recognize when we might be self-sabotaging. What do I mean by that? I mean a behavior or a habit that we have in place that prevents us from developing our work or moving closer to the things that we want to create, to our goals, to what we want out of our lives, what we're working towards, right? And it looks really different for everybody. So in your head, when you think about self-sabotage, what is it you think it looks like? When you think of an artist getting in their own way, what is it that you think that it looks like? Maybe to you, it's like you see it as negative self-talk, or you see it as not putting yourself out there, or avoiding connection, or over-critiquing the work. You might have a conception of what a clear idea of what self-sabotage looks like. And in reality, there are lots of ways that artists get in their own way, prevent themselves from reaching the goals that they want to accomplish. Um, And you might be doing something that you don't even see as self-sabotage. So I'm going to call out five of the types of self-sabotage that I see with the people that I work with, that I see in my own creative life with, and, and the other hundreds of people that I've worked with over the years, of some, some common types of getting in your own way. And I want you to hear some of these things and think about what is it that feels familiar to you if you are experiencing stuckness right now, if you feel like you are experiencing some momentum you're moving in a direction that you're kind of excited about. Things are happening. Maybe a project is coming to fruition. Maybe you're about to move. Maybe you are, you know, getting an op- closer to an opportunity that you want to reach. And something feels like it's falling apart. Maybe you're starting to question yourself. Maybe you're, something isn't feeling right. Maybe you're feeling just a sort of slowness. Okay. So that's kind of like where the self-sabotage comes up is when we have some momentum and then all of a sudden like our gears start to get like stuck and we don't really understand why we're stopping ourselves. Okay. So five types of common self-sabotage. The first one, overcommitting. Over committing to things, it's exactly what it sounds like, right? Is when we self-sabotage by committing ourselves to too many things. Our feeling is that we don't want to lose out on something. We don't want to lose out on an opportunity. So we do everything. We try to grow our painting practice, uh, start a business, maintain a side hustle, fill our social calendar, et cetera, et cetera, right? We convince ourselves that if we keep pushing hard, in a lot of different directions, if we optimize our potential, that's how we see it as like this, this effort of optimizing, that uh, there's no way we can fail. There's no way that we won't succeed, right? If we push ourselves in every direction really, really hard to our max, then we it's a guarantee. We're trying to create this guarantee that we will experience the success that we want to experience. And in reality, what happens, right? If we work this way, Uh, we lose our center. That's the big one, right? Is that we lose the sense of what's really, really important 
for ourselves, what we're trying to actually grow. We feel drained. We feel dispersed, right? Because we're pulling ourselves in a lot of different directions. And we have little energy for the work that we actually care about. And that is where the self-sabotage comes in, is that you have something that you want to grow. And because you are trying to optimize in many different directions, a lot of directions that are not even really important to you, that you disperse yourself, you dislocate yourself, and you don't have the energy to do the work that you care about. And you tell yourself it's because you're too busy, but in reality, you have created that busyness as a form of protection, right? As a form of trying to create a guarantee for yourself that things could, you know, they can't possibly go wrong if you like try to do everything at once. And right, and then we don't get the results that we want. So think about the act of overcommitting as like, say you're a little seed, your your sweet little sweet little pod seed, right, of, of creativity, and you're trying to grow in every different direction versus picking a direction and then putting your energy in that one direction, like in growing up, right? And becoming like a stock and then flowering and becoming this big beautiful uh flower. you know and you can branch off and go in different directions from there but like putting that energy in one direction versus if you push yourself in so many different directions you just become kind of like a pile of weeds right like a big kind of like tumbleweed that's that's how maybe that's like a weird visual but that's um how I think about it right so growing up in the direction that you want versus uh really bogging yourself down by having too many things going on so that is a kind of self-sabotage does that feel familiar to you is that a habit that feels comfortable right? Is that something that uh, you need to revisit? So that's number one. Number two, second very common form of self-sabotage, over-editing. Over-editing your work. This happens a lot to painters, right? This is when we want to rework something. We're trying to come up with the perfect solution and we edit the work over and over again we paint over something we paint over something we redo it we redo it this happens with writers too in the hopes that you're going to find this perfect one solution that it will arrive to you and you'll say aha that's it here it is um and in reality by moving that energy uh over the painting again and again and again the work can't breathe the work can't have the many lives it's supposed to have they can't it can't develop right and you end up like killing that painting by working it over and over and over again versus having putting some energy into the painting and then setting it aside and then taking those that energy and that those questions and putting it into the next painting and setting that aside and then the next painting and setting it aside right and coming back to this is how you create a body of work versus drilling into one work and trying to whittle it down right like whittling down a sculpture until it doesn't have any life anymore until you're not excited about it anymore, right? That's that kind of gripping, whittling down energy of over-editing, okay? And this can also be a form of self-sabotage, right? You're not letting the work breathe. You're not moving the energy around. And then you lose, the work loses its life. And you, and you feel that kind of stuckness and slowness. Are you over-editing, okay? The third kind of self-sabotage, This one uh, might be a new one for you. Being a prisoner to your formula. Are you being a prisoner to your formula? What does that mean? We have a formula when we have experienced some success in our process, 
maybe we have been able to generate some songs for our album and we've figured some things out. We have figured out our container, our constraints. We have said, okay, this length of the song works for me. Um, this subject matter, the, these, you know, instruments, whatever it is. And then, and you've been able to generate. So you have successfully reached the generate stage and you have created and released and created and released. And you think, hey, something's working here. This, I'm, this is all right. I'm like making some stuff that I am proud of. I feel connected to. There is some momentum happening. It is exciting. And then you don't want to let go of the formula because the formula was working and you're telling yourself, well, I figured it out. I have to hold tight to this formula. And if I let go of this thing, then I am not sure what's going to happen. I'm worried that the work won't be any good anymore. I'm worried that it won't be cohesive, that it won't do all these things I, I was feeling when I first started making it. And that can be a form of self-sabotage, right? Because you're becoming a prisoner to your constraints. You are letting them control you versus empower you. You are feeling burdened by them and limited by them versus enabled by them. Is that what's happening? Okay, can you release the grip? Can you allow yourself to shift that formula? Because maybe that formula is not something, uh, it's something that's gotten you where you are. And maybe what do you need to do if you're at that generate stage and you're getting stuck? You got to go to reflect. You got to rethink the formula, right? Trust that process. Okay, are you a prisoner to your formula? How can you release the formula's power over you? Is that happening? Let me know. Uh, That's number three. Number four, this is the opposite of number three. So we had being the prisoner to the formula. But now uh, another thing that artists do on the opposite side of that is reinventing the wheel. This can also be something that we do as a way to stop ourselves from reaching the destination we want to reach, from like moving towards the goals that we want to move towards, is reinventing the wheel. We do that oftentimes when we're scared Okay, artists love to approach things in novel ways. This is something that we're really good at. We're really good at saying like, hey, let's rethink this or let's approach this and, and, uh, you know, try it like this this time or use like these materials. We're really open to that most of the time because it's exciting for us, that possibility of exploration. But it's also okay to build on your existing knowledge. You don't have to reinvent the wheel every single time in your process. And often that inclination to change your approach completely is not because something isn't really working. It's often because you have some fear that's coming up, right? Fear because, well, I'm not getting the immediate results that I wanted So maybe I shouldn't keep going down this road. Maybe I need to totally switch gears. Uh, I must be wrong, right? That's a reinventing your wheel. Or maybe you're going on a road and you're not getting the immediate results you want and you go on Instagram and you see how somebody else is doing it and you say, well, I should be doing it like that person. That's some FOMO. And you quit or you switch gears, right? And you reinvent the wheel. And the question you have to ask yourself if this is a tendency that you have is are you quitting that thing? Are you changing completely your approach because you want the immediate relief that comes with quitting? Because you want to be able to say, oh, I don't have to worry about that anymore. I've made a change. Or is it because that thing is truly not working? It's truly not, you know, getting you closer to where you want to go? Does it actually have to be revisited? 
does it have to be reinvented? Whatever you have going on. And also encourage you, like, things take a while to bloom. I just want to say that, you know, if you're going on Instagram, whatever platform you use, and people are saying to you, I can get you 100,000 followers in two months, and, like, you are doing it wrong. I can get you, like, five solo shows, and if you just, you know, in two months, if you just, like, follow my program, um, I would be really cautious if somebody is trying to convince you that hard work and patience is not a part of this game. <laughs> like, think good things come to those who wait and who really, like, invest in what they're doing. Like, stuff takes a long time to come to fruition, and I want you to be able to reap the benefits of that commitment and that patience. So if you're feeling that impatience and you want immediate results, ask yourself, like, are you trusting yourself and, and what you're doing? Or are you looking to switch gears because you just want the relief that comes with quitting and, and the optimism that comes with initially changing your direction, right? When we change directions, we have that like kind of optimism that comes with it right away. And you're like, oh, well, you know, I, I, this is going to work. This is the thing that's going to work, right? And then, you know, go, you go down the line and things get a little bit rocky. And then that reinventing the real wheel self-sabotage comes up again. So look at your behaviors in there and ask yourself those hard questions my friend right allow that patience cultivate the long-term practice that's what this podcast is all about that's number four on your self-sabotage um and then the last one is looking for perfect this is a kind of self-sabotage too looking for something that checks off uh 10 out of 10 of your boxes this happens a lot when opportunities are coming your way when you are being offered things for your work. Maybe somebody's offering you money or an exhibition or an album or a collaboration or a relationship, right? You're getting some success and you're getting somebody's coming to you. The thing that you're trying to manifest and put out into the world uh, is starting to come back to you. Things are starting to come back to you. The things you want to create are coming back and that's really exciting. And I think sometimes when that happens, when the things that we actually want to start to happen are happening, we get scared. And we tell ourselves that uh, something is not the exact right fit. It's not the exact right timing. It's not the exact right person. It's only about 90%, right? And it doesn't check off 10 out of 10 of the boxes. Well, you know, that's something is ever going to be 100% perfect for you in terms of the timing or the opportunity. You have to allow that 90%, 80% to be good enough because you're just trying to allow yourself to move in the direction of the things that you want to create. So let's say someone comes to you and they say, hey, I really want to show your paintings in my space. I'm really interested in what you're doing. And you have a list of things that you really want for your work. Maybe you have like five to ten things you really want for your work. And that opportunity comes to you and it checks off like seven out of ten or eight out of ten of those things. I mean, damn, take that opportunity, right? Because you, if you, you do not know what that opportunity is going to lead you to next. And by looking for perfect, you are self-sabotaging yourself. You're preventing yourself from growing and letting the work be in the world. So is that your tendency? Is perfectionism looking for perfect and avoiding the potential of an opportunity something uh, that you have a tendency to do? 
What's the fear there? Okay. So what were those five types of self-sabotage? Over-editing. Over-committing. Being a prisoner to your formula. Reinventing your wheel or looking for perfect. What of those things did you identify with today? Because everybody has something that feels like it's a strategy that's working for them. But in reality, it's holding them back a little bit. So be honest with yourself about what you connected with. Um, Why do we self-sabotage? The answer is obvious in a way. We're scared. You're scared of having to choose a direction. You're scared of being disappointed if the work gets big and it's not what you expect it to be. You're scared of losing control. You're scared of leaving a comfortable domain. You're scared of people seeing you. You're scared, right, of visibility. You're scared of uh, being alone with your thoughts. <laughs> there's, there's so many reasons. So if you had one of these self-sabotage uh, tendencies that, that felt familiar, ask yourself, what is it that you're scared of? Right? What is it that you're scared is going to happen if you don't overcommit, if you don't overedit, if you change your formula, if you stick with the formula, if you allow something to be 90% perfect? What are you scared is going to happen? And then the reality is that we can't change our habits with the same energy that we have been using, you know, like currently using in our habits. So with that kind of forceful, strained, controlling energy, you can't just say, all right, Christine, you know, overcommitting, that's our our self-sabotage tendency here. Like, well, we got to just change that and we're going to like hunker down and we're going to just really like crack the whip and that is how we're going to stop ourselves from overcommitting. No, that's the very energy that you're putting into overcommitting that's not working for you, right? That's restraining the work. How do you change the habit? It's a softer, gentler, loving energy that is going to allow you to work differently. So what we have to focus on here is what we are giving ourselves by changing the pattern. Okay. So in this case, let's use overcommitting as the example. That's one that I identify with. That's probably my self-sabotage strategy. If we are, maybe I have several, (laughs) but that's the one that feels friend of mine for me right now. Okay. So let's go through these questions together. Let's take the example of overcommitting. Okay, so if I am somebody that overcommits, let's ask the first question. What are you scared of? Well, if I'm somebody that overcommits, maybe I'm scared of losing out on something. I'm scared of not making it, taking advantage of an opportunity, missing a potential, uh, you know, route for my work that could have, you know, some, some opportunities down the road. So I'm scared of missing out on something. How does that impact your actions? Well, um, I tend to do a lot of things. I overcommit. I'm really busy. That makes me feel tired at the end of the day. I don't have energy for the things that I really care about. Okay. Question number three, what would it feel like to not overcommit? It would probably feel scary. Maybe I would feel unproductive. Maybe I would be alone with my thoughts and that would make me feel anxious. But I'd have a lot of energy. I'd have more energy for myself that I could put into things that I care about and I want to grow. 
And then finally, what would you be giving yourself by not overcommitting? Um, I'd be giving myself time. I'd be giving myself some more energy for my work. I'd be giving myself focus. I'd be able to not feel dislocated and dissentered, um, you know, miscentered in some way. Okay. So try that exercise for yourself. So think if you, if you connect with one of these five self-sabotaging tendencies and you say, Ooh, I'm an over editor or oof, I really struggle with my formula. You're going to go through those questions and you're going to think what's the core of the fear and what is it that you will be giving yourself by changing the pattern? So what are those questions? Um, what are you scared of? How does that fear impact your actions? What would it feel like to not overcommit, to not overedit, to not reinvent your wheel? And what would you be giving yourself by not doing those things? What's the gift to yourself that you get by changing the habit? Focus on the positive, the, the reward for making that shift in your creative tendency. All right, y'all. Um, ask a buddy too to help you through it. Because I got to say, it's very hard for us to see ourselves. Um, so sometimes having somebody mirror back to you what you have going on and saying, hey, you know what, I do think that you're getting in your own way. I don't think you have to do that. Why don't we think about it like this? A coach is really great for that too. For everybody who's working with me right now, book a call. Let's talk about your um, roadblocks for that. All right, y'all, that's it for the day. Self-sabotage, are you doing it? Let me know. Um, hope you're not. But it's good to be aware of these things so we can keep growing in the directions we want to grow. Have a great day. Hop on our wait list at mightypractice.com slash coaching. And have a great, restful, creative week. Thanks, y'all. If you want to dig deeper into some of the ideas we talked about here today, you have to come check out my new school for artists at amightypractice.com. We offer classes and coaching to give artists of all levels what they need to get started and stay motivated in their creative work. Find out more by going to amightypractice.com or stay in touch with what we're doing by signing up for our bi-weekly newsletter. Thanks, y'all.